Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. Happy Halloween, nearly. Month. Nearly. It's month. <laughs> it's month. This is the month of Halloween. Um, I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, is Trevor Scott. I hello. didn't say that bit. Yeah, you forgot, you forgot about that part. Well, hello, hello, peoples. I was trying to go straight into my Halloween thing. So, because, yes, uh, we're going to do something a little bit different. We are going to still do click pitch, but we're just going to try to kind of bring some Jam horror. some horror in there with a knife yeah. and just stab it in the back. Yeah, we'll just slice it open, slice each game open, shove some horror juice right in there. Yeah. Sort and back up, then, roughly. depending on how well we go, we may actually chuck that into the next episode as well. Like, you never know. Yeah. Just inject because it doesn't quite fit around the Halloween this year. It's not really close to either one day or the other. Yeah, we're gonna well, we're gonna have one come out before uh, it and one after it. Right before or right after. So, uh yeah, let's let's jump in. Trevor, do you wanna let our listening audience know what click pitch is though? Click pitch is a game, a mystical game, where we each have a random word generator in front of us and on the count of three, two, one horror or three to one ah! <laughs> we're going to click the refresh button and we're going to get an adjective and a noun. We're going to take those words, we're going to throw them at each other and have a spooky theme uh, of those games. And then when that game doesn't work or we, when, we, 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 when we don't want to monster mash those two together anymore, then we just throw the game away and we start all over again. Three, two, one. <laughs> okay. Inconvenient steam. Dumped thirst. Stumped? Dumped. Oh, dumped thirst. Yes. Mm. Thirst gives me vampire vibes. Yeah, especially with dumped as well, because vampires are always very, you know, passionate about their relationships with each other or with humans or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yes. Inconvenient steam. Is that maybe what, like... It's a steampunk vampire. I mean, obviously. Oh, steampunk vampire. I haven't seen that before. Well, I guess there's, I guess there's maybe a bit of that in vampire. Uh, no, maybe not. Anyway. Okay. Steampunk vampire. I like that as a kicking off point. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> is this, so this is like, what sort of steam driven machinery and things would a vampire use? Do they have, are they using this in their hunting? Is this is this a world where like vampires are sort of the uh, uh, the 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 race that has taken over to a certain degree, and so they have because of their technology, like they've become the more technologically advanced species, and so they have these big blimps and ooh, and they can come down and strike strike during the night, and then sneak back up to their blimps again, and yeah. So you got those aerial strikes happening, yeah. I I like that. Now, are you are you just a, a regular old Joe who whose family has been killed by vampires, and you're now like trying to take on the Van Helsing role of? Yeah, I think I think there's a resistance, right? I think you're part of the resist the human resistance against the the vampire overlords, and yeah, I think. <laughs> Uh, do you call yourselves the the Van Helsings? Is that two on the nose? Are you just like the VH Revolution or something? <laughs> <laughs> Van Halen Revolution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I, I I kind of like that. I but this has to be dark. 
like mm. you you want you want that whole thing of you're going down an alleyway at the, in the middle of middle of night and you see like a jet of steam sort of at the end of the alleyway just and you see a figure just standing there and it's like oh my god you know so you got to turn around and there's another jet of steam up the other end and like another figure oh yeah well i think they've got like like machinery and stuff like like i i want these vampires to be technologically advanced but in this very raw metal steam powered way that comes along with steampunk so i think they've definitely got things like they all wear backpacks that have these like essentially metal shields that can come out in case they're caught like in case they're caught somewhere in the sunshine they can they can like deploy this and quickly you know uh protect themselves and some of them use like larger kind of mech suit kind of things to get around because they can you know they're they're just up higher they're stronger they can round people up it's got all sorts of you know nets and grapples and stuff so i'm imagining that they've come up with technology that can actually suck the blood out of out of bodies to collect it rather than going the old-fashioned way of you know biting into their necks and and taking only a small amount and wasting the rest they've worked out that they can actually suck all the blood out through these like two prongs that they put into the jugular that happen to just oh and i think they can like i think you're getting situations where you've got this yeah, you've got this vampire, this big hulking mech comes around the corner. People are running, screaming. Suddenly this thing's got like four grappling hook things that just fire out in all directions, hook onto people's necks and are just like, they've all got tubes. It's just like yeah. sucking the blood up into the container on the okay, back of this uh, thing. Is, is the, are these mechs yellow? Like a la aliens. Aliens. And, and you've got that kind of, Sigourney Weaver fight against, like, mech on mech at the end, actually, mm. where you've got, get away from her, you bitch. And it's like, get away from her, you Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I, I like the idea of, like, a big steampunk metal mech mm. battle at the end. Yeah, definitely. So, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting first person shooter sort of vibes from this. Yep. Trying not to go too close to, like, Dishonored, which has its own steampunk thing, but obviously there are influences there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bit of, obviously, like, the Wolf, newer Wolfensteins and stuff have a bit of that steampunk sort of thing, but, yeah, I think a lot of- Are, are we going classic Doom style where there's individual levels and you're going through, like, a linear story? I think I kind of like that for yeah, this. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and again, similar to the Wolfenstein ones, a bit yeah. less like Dishonored, where you've often sort of got a bit of a hub or you might go back to the same areas. I think, yeah, it's just like, okay, you're up to level six and it's like- You're now the in the blink. Vampire because, because you, Coliseum you snuck or something where they- Yeah, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm imagining now that there's, like, you sneak up onto the blimp and, like, as it was docked into- into like mm. the Empire State Building or whatever, whatever the big building is here that has a, has a blimp tether, and <laughs> you and the other yeah. you and the other Van Helsings, you know, all sort of sneak aboard, and it's all about now, you know, sort of freeing the um, the captives that are that are on board the blimp, re- draining their blood supply, basically. Well, and I think so. 
the blimps, they they fly in these blimps during the day, but they're generally, you know, protected on the inside from the sun with big, you know, uh, whatever, like um, shutters and stuff that come down during the day. I love the idea, though, of... Or, or it might just be that the blimp itself is built in a way that it shades it well enough. But I love the idea of, like, kicking these vampires out the windows of this blimp, and as they hit the sunlight, they just, like, burst into flames and burn up as they're falling. But now you've Some also them- got sunlight streaming into the room from where you just... Kicked open, kicked open yeah, the window. Yeah, potentially in some in some of those areas. But I, I like the idea also of like, oh, like they've all got these backpack things on that are going to protect them. So if you kick one of them out the window and they've got that backpack on, you see out the window as it like deploys before it hits the sun and it's like, ah, oh, that, guy, that guy survived. But why would they have that on? You know, it's like a parachute. You don't have it on all the time. You've got to go well, put some, them on. Well, some might. Some, some may, some might not. But I just, I like the idea of also you can disable that. Like if you shoot it first, like if you, or if you come up behind them, you might do a, you know, a, disconnect a, a, sneak, the steam a sneak attack, which like <laughs> disconnects it first before you throw them out. And then you get that, you get that pleasure of seeing them burn <laughs> up in the sun as you kick them out the window. Those sorts of nice little uh nice little moments would yeah and really well. and i think we've got to go with even though you know we're we can't really steal from the world of buffy and angel but the idea that if you stake them through the heart they do actually turn to dust so that yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. It, i think it that's just a relatively awesome. yeah um yeah so i think you then end up with your own very steampunkish you know stake crossbows and stuff with multiple you know it's got like a a magazine of steaks that comes in the top and like fires them out. You know, different garlic bombs and things to every now and get again them out of the got, area. You got to sort of get um, get some some heat on that on that water to get that get that water boiling again. Like because obviously your steam power oh, right. is generated through the fact that it's heated up water. <laughs> yeah, you've well, yeah, you've you've basically you're just carrying around a big fucking coal uh, furnace at all times. Well, I'm, I'm imagining that you're walking down and then there's a stiff breeze and it blows the pilot light out and you've got to <laughs> Well, I think often how you'd maybe do this is like th- that maybe like a weapon like that isn't specifically powered by steam. It's maybe more like hydraulic or something that you've got a certain amount of steam that you've loaded in there. Yeah. And you find areas to refill that essentially, like um, for those sorts of things. But but ally, you're, you're back for blood and that sort of stuff. In the in the lower level, lower difficulty levels, you don't have to worry about that too much. In the higher difficulty levels, it's more of a, a resource that you've got to mm, be careful of. Yeah. Yeah. That's- yeah, that's really cool. I-, I love the idea of, you know, I think the earlier levels are very much obviously down on the ground at the moment. The resistance is young. You're, you know, it. I, I think when you're starting off, coming up against one vampire should be fucking terrifying. Like, right. they're stronger than you. They've got this technology. You know, you have, moment, you have a moment where one of your uh, team members or multiple of them, like, get killed and drained in front of you, like- hit home that these things are fucking scary um okay so can they turn anyone into a vampire or is that just uh these are a different race of beings sort of thing that they've they've come to earth Um, and or the or they've escaped from the underworld um and they and they're hmm. just they're just another evolutionary form of like 
they're bloodsuckers, they're super powerful, and they just- Yeah, the only- the, I think it would depend on the story and whether we wanted to bring that aspect of it, because where that becomes a benefit is like, oh, someone who who was previously in the resistance and was close to you has been turned, and now that's obviously a big dramatic moment, and they're on the other side, you're going to have to kill them or whatever. Ooh, what, what if they what if they were turned, you stab them, and they don't turn to dust because- you know, they just had like veneers in, and they were actually <laughs> <laughs> they were undercover. They were, they were undercover on a secret the whole undercover time mission and- for like the head of the resistance. Yep. And yes, well, you, they don't turn to dust, but you have just stabbed them in the heart with a wooden stake, so you have to like carry them to to safety. <laughs> well, no, I, like I think they kind of fucked. <laughs> well, probably, but. So, what you do is you kick him out and you just hope that the parachute, like, lands him in the right spot. (laughs) Or do you have an ending where, like, you've just been partially turned and you're you're not happy with it? Like, you, you know, it's one of these things where it's it's the most horrifying thing you can imagine. And so, you, like, kill this person who you think is responsible for it. Find out they were undercover, but then for you to survive, you have to drink their blood and kill them <laughs> before they just bleed out. Just really twists and turns in there. Yep. Okay, three, two, one. Ah! That was good, though. I like that. Mm-hmm. Farewell, judging. Ooh, imprisoned police. So, I think this is- some sort of police officer who's put away. Yep. And okay. It's like horror, though. This is like yeah. So, this is creepy horror. In so a where I'm getting it is that you're you're maybe a a prisoner. Hmm. In, in this in this thing, you've been put away for like doing something improper in in your job, whether you're a police person or whatever. Okay. And the judge is basically. Uh, giving you an option of going to federal pr- prison, where you're you're mostly going to going to be beaten up by all the all the other mm-hmm. convicts because you know you're a police officer, or you get to you get to go to this one island and you have a you have a chance to escape. Oh, okay. And it and it becomes you know that sort of thing of the judge and his friends are, are hunting <laughs> right convicts. I know there's just something about farewell and, Mm. you know, it it just sort of shouts, you know, the judge is like, well, I could do this for you and you could make it out. A little bit of like Squid Game vibes. (laughs) Haven't seen it yet. Uh, Planning on watching it, but. Yeah, you should watch it. Um, We could go that way. Um, In that case, though, let's. Well, because I was thinking that a prison is ripe for more, like, creeping horror um, that you could definitely, like, play with expectations and okay. tension in, a pri- in like, a, <laughs> a rundown prison sort of thing. Every- everything happens the same where the judge goes, you can either go into normal prison or you could go into this creepy solitary prison that we've got in the middle of <laughs> the middle of the bay, a la Alcatraz, but it's not yeah. Alcatraz. So what it is is this judge goes, "Well, I can send you to regular prison, or you can spend one night in the creepy mansion. <laughs> and if you survive, I will let you go." <laughs> yeah, 
I, I like the idea that you, your character goes, yeah, fuck it, let's do that. <laughs> one night, how hard is that going to be? And it turns out they send you to Iceland, where one night is six months. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that we need to play with that quite to that degree. Um, okay, I love this ridiculous setup of someone having to... <laughs> that the reason for the one night in the creepy mansion is... Because you, otherwise you go to prison. But for some reason, I'm a fucked up judge and this is my ruling. Yeah. I don't really want a police officer as the main character because- Yeah, fuck, fuck the police. Um, so, maybe Lawyer. we have a crooked- Maybe we have a- <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have a dentist. Uh, maybe we have It's a, a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> so, the dentist has finally been caught for his crimes. Yes. Of um, hurting but- people and getting extreme pleasure out of it. Uh, yeah. The last so- person that he hurt was the judge. <laughs> judge is one of his patients. Uh- <laughs> okay. Uh, and so is and so is the police officer who brought you in. That's where we bring police in. And he's like a real, real asshole as well. And just like mm-hmm. beating up on you. Um, okay. So- what happens then when you get to this island? Okay. So, have you seen, like, the latest movie adapt- adaptation of House on Haunted Hill? Uh, the one from, like, yeah, 20 years ago? A while yeah. ago. Yeah. Uh, with with J- uh, Jeffrey Catherine Rush Zeta-Jones. And- yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't really so, remember it, what, but okay. What, what they sort of set up is, you know, kind of like, in the creepy mansion, they, they had, like, uh, some- set up things of, you know, spooky sounds and all this sort of stuff. But it turns out right. that there was actually real shit going on there. Right. I so kind of like the idea a, of a, that's what they've kind of set double up. Double bluff sort of thing. Yeah. They have actually set up that kind of thing. Um, so, so basically this is the corrupt judicial system playing with prisoners and saying like, oh, yeah, I bet that I can make this guy just kill himself by sending him and setting up this creepy mansion. And, and it's literally set, you know, on an island, because I love that idea of literally there's no escape. The only way- You get brought yeah. to the island on a boat, and they go away. There's no other yeah. way off this island. And then you've just got to, you've got to deal with this. And the thing is, you f- you see cameras everywhere. So, you know that they're mm. filming this, and they're probably, they're probably, you know, putting this out on cable TV or whatever, and it's like the newest or reality just game. like- or it's just their or it's sick just like their, pr- their sick twisted TV station that they share amongst the one percent. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I like that. What it? What is the? What is the creepy force that that is, is actually out? present on this island? Yeah. Uh, is it just like the spirits? Is it old religious? Is it? Is it the spirits of all the previous people they've sent here? finally amassing enough power that they can that they can fight back and they're just angry at everyone yeah is it is it like a cthulhu-esque entity of you know there's there's like an old ritual sacrifice room that as you go through this sort of thing you happen to mistakenly you know follow the instructions that they left you uh that you had to perform this ritual but Mm. it actually was a real ritual that unleashes you know otherworldly terror on on this island basically i like the idea that it's a a bit of an accident i mean that is in that way but that yes something happens that they've set up i don't know if it's specifically that 
that it's it's a, it has to be a ritual that that actually exists, but it's something like they've set something up which makes you bleed, but the the place that they've done this means that like your blood you know drips onto this particular you know sigil on the ground and sets something. And off. I think you. You enter into this room, you walk across the pentagram, and you see a single drop. Uh, just drop. And just before it hits the pentagram, it it flashes to another scene where your an- ancestors were the ones to, to like, lock lock this evil away. <laughs> well, I think that's what- maybe you do that in the reveal. Uh, I think, yeah. though, that that as you're playing through this, like, basically something plays out in this room. It's this fucking creepy room in this house- that, yeah, there's, like, pentagram on the ground. There's, like, candles and shit everywhere. They've set this up. Like, they have made you come here because it's a fucking creepy area. But then they just have, like, I don't know, we shoot with a crossbow out of the wall, like something dumb. Um, and just as sort of a set piece, essentially, you have this moment where it's like, oh, fuck, they shot me. I'm bleeding everywhere. Like, blood goes everywhere. You you find, you, you know, you, you make your way upstairs to the kitchen and you bandage yourself up. And that's sort of early on in the piece. And, you know, and then creepy shit continues to happen, except it es- it's now starting to escalate. And now the edges between what is obviously them doing stupid horror shit and yep. what is actually some unearthly force um, doing things- those lines start to blur. And yep. then, yes, eventually, as you sort of find stuff out and research things, you you realise, oh, it's when my blood spilled. <laughs> when my blood went right next to that really creepy book on the altar and yeah. that had the pentagram underneath, like, we probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think you have- I think you- I wonder if, like- Because they've perhaps set up, like- tunnels and stuff underneath so they can come in and like fuck with you and do things oh yeah there's a there's a bunker on 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 this on this island that when you finally get in you see that like they've got all these security cameras and and you know a wall full of monitors and all this sort of setup but the thing is all you see that remains of the people that were on this island is just blood stains everywhere like it's like the whole the whole room is I just- I think definitely once you get Given a fresh there, coat of like, blood. <laughs> yeah. I think definitely once you get to that bunker, they're all gone. I do like the idea, though, of the way you find out about that bunker, perhaps, is that essentially when whatever was starting to go down in that bunker, like, one person escapes. So, you find someone on this island, you're like, how the fuck did they get here? They're, like, freaking out. Just before their head explodes in- and They do some exposition. Yeah. They do some exposition, tell you a bit, you know, about what the actual deal is and that there's a bunker. And then, yes, they just fucking explode. And on their body, you find a key and you go unlock the the thing. I think it's very much um, your Resident Evil sort of uh, tank. Not not old tank tank controls, but, you know, the the later ones. Fixed camera. uh, Not fixed camera, but no, the later ones, like- you know, you're going through and you, you're sort of almost Metroidvania-like. You're un- you're able to unlock certain parts as you go through. So, yeah. there's, you know, set pieces that you're going towards. Um, I like the idea of not so much a, um, a combat-based RE8 or whatever, but more that creepy forebodingness of, you know, those like creepy sections of, of- Something. 
Yeah, not just Alone in the Dark, but Resident Evil 7 when, you, when you're, like, creeping and you're mm. hearing something off in the distance. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's that sense of foreboding that, to me, makes it more scary. Throwing enemies at you, like, I can deal with that. No, 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 I don't. I don't even know. Oh, I don't even know how you do the combat and still really keep it kind of creepy enough because I feel like once you're actually physically killing things, then you feel kind of it, powerful. You feel too powerful almost. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's more of a sort of third person adventure sort of thing with yes, a lot of scares. So more. I mean, Silent Hill. Does that have a lot of? It does still have combat. You, yeah, you still combat and stuff, isn't it? Yeah. But anyway. Uh it does give me Silent Hillish sort of vibes as well, but I, I definitely like that addition of the, those lines blurring between this ridiculous setup from these fucking rich assholes and yeah. and them getting their comeuppance by unleashing an actual evil. And you're safe because it was your blood that uh, that that summoned it. Yes. Um, well, or, you know, how safe is your sanity sort of thing, like. Kind of going mm. along with that Sanity's Requiem and or whatever Eternal Darkness uh, Sanity's yeah. Requ- Requiem, yeah, you of which you of can that. have you know Sanity p- points that are actually sort of and and it's almost uh, that's what you're using to to determine you know where whereabouts uh, or what type of ending you're going to get depending on how mm. how well you chose your your options during the game. I do like that as more of a an overall meter across the game rather than a moment by moment sort of thing. So you don't necessarily know that like any particular thing you do is going to, you know, reduce your sanity by three points or something. Cause that, it's, that it's way, a hidden seems- metric that sits in the background that determines how, how you get out of the game. Like you either yeah. survive and you're, and you're stronger for it and you, and you're off the Island. And then, you know, whatever happens there, whether, you know, you are actually free to go or whether that was just all bullshit and the thing that you've gone through is, you know, a load of crap. Yeah. <laughs> just get arrested again. Or whether whether you actually, you know, you start to start to imagine that things are things are happening around everywhere because you didn't actually like it's damaged your mind you too much. You didn't handle and- it well enough, yeah. Yeah, I, that could be interesting. Uh I think you just want to make sure that you as you play the game and make some of these choices. Obviously, you don't want just the direct, oh, I did this and my sanity went down. But that the logical <laughs> story thing of that choice, of making a particular choice or of just not succeeding at something well enough, is like, oh, now maybe your character is less sure about things. Like, just in the dialogue and stuff, like in the behavior of the character as well, if that can shift up a bit as the game goes along, then it makes... So, so that you're not just like oh, I got my character all the way to the end and all of a sudden they're a gibbering mess of, of nerves because I, you know, there were those three things that I didn't do well early in the game and it got my meter down all the way. Yeah, but I, I think that by making decisions right later on in the game and and that sort of stuff can bring it back yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one sure. of those things that you could you could do all the good things right at the very start and the, and the last 15 things bring your meter down quite quite considerably and you didn't get anything to bring your sanity back up um well and it also it could also be interesting just to link it into the knowledge that you find like and again not in just a gamey way necessarily of oh you collected the seven notes that told you what was going on but 
hopefully you can find a better way to do it of that. But like, I think you can keep control of your mind if you understand more why these things are happening or what this force is. And that might come about through making certain choices where you get explained some of that stuff or find certain things that, that teach you about it or even communicate directly with the force itself. Mm. And so it's like, oh, like here are its intentions. You know, it's not as, as unknowable. Yes. But, sp- but speaking and conversing with this thing could also damage your sanity in, in the fact of- like- Well, I think maybe it's very dangerous to- I think that, you know, if you choose to attempt to communicate with it, then it can either bolster your sanity quite well so that maybe, it, you know, it, it falls less during the rest of the game. Or, yes, it can just, like, drop a completely- Right a now multiplier because, on, basically. Yeah, or something like like it just makes a big change because it's just this you you fail very badly at it. Um, yeah. Okay. Go. Three, two, one, stab. Identical repair. Compelled partner. <laughs> okay. I think it, th- this is maybe le- less traditional horror and a bit more of a. Maybe a little bit of body horror or just... Uh, I'm thinking it's sort of a, your partner has been replaced by something. Ooh. Yes. Yes, I do, li- I do like a good body swap, mm. body horror sort of game. Uh, identical repair kind of makes me feel like it's some sort of... A pod person. Android or something. Well, the repair makes me think something mechanical. So, I don't know if people... But if someone's like creating perfect android replicas of people Mm -hmm. and replacing them in some way uh, that are so indistinguishable from the real thing but just with these weird because they don't actually know off parts yeah well that's okay the only way to tell is for some reason this inventor could never quite get the toes right the toes there's just something about the toes that um, they just could never get them right. And if you ever look at the toes, they basically kind of like the witches where they just finish in a stump. That's exactly what happens. Or, or it's just like the toes are just a block. It's like artists who never learned to draw feet properly. Yeah. There's just something something about that that, that you know, gives, you, gives like, your partner's the, the all cre- of a sudden not wearing open-toed shoes. And I was like, hang on. <laughs> or they just- The creator is so bad at creating toes that they just create the foot and shoe as a single piece. And so, they, they, they just can't take their shoes off. <laughs> it's like, why are you- Honey, why are you wearing your shoes in the house all the time? Oh, I don't know. I just- uh, My feet have been, you know, a bit sensitive lately. It's like, why'd you come to bed wearing your work boots? <laughs> why haven't you don't changed mention shoes? it again. Since that day you mysteriously disappeared for three hours. I advise you to not talk about this any longer. <laughs> Does not compute. <laughs> it's just really obvious that no one picks up on it. <laughs> they're, like, they're like perfectly humanoid in every other way. But when you try to talk to them, they're just like, syntax error. <laughs> Query. Where are you going? <laughs> Statement. Uh, I am not an android. Obvious lie. I don't know if it's as obvious even as the toes. I, I feel like it needs to be 
I think there is something there. You do find out a way for which you can determine if someone's an android. But I want the Have horror you, comes. Do you know which one my toes is longer, my second toe or my big toe? Have you ever paid that much attention to my toes? Are you specifically asking me, or is I'm this asking an you, Benjamin <laughs> James Slinger? No, I've not paid attention to your toes. I'm going to say your second toe is exactly. Longer. So you would not know if your partner was an android because you never you never focused on their feet before. Well, I'd know if they ended in a stump. How <laughs> they've got shoes on? Well, but I th- I was I th- think we should. <laughs> I don't think that we should actually do the shoe thing. Aww. My point, my point was that the horror comes from that like slow realization or that slow awareness that something is off, right? Yeah. And I think that's what we want to build off at the start. Whether I don't think you obviously even know at that point that there's a thing with androids or whatever. Like that comes out later. The first thing is something's off about your partner. Okay. Now, now coming into a game initially, I don't know how you do that since you don't necessarily have the history. I I think what you can do is, like, very early on, not not necessarily doing a a full on LA noir of having, like, cases and all this sort of stuff, but Mm. there's, like, you at least have one or two scenes with your partner at the start where they they have an obvious sort of uh, trauma in their past in Mm. which any time that they that they're sort of having to draw their gun. They're, they're sort of hesitant to do that. Your partner does? Your, your partner does. And Oh, are you talking, like, police partner? I'm talking, like, romantic partner. Okay. But that I was, was, thinking that was where partner, I was going. But, or at least, you know, some sort of... Some sort of detective sort of thing. Because I... Right. We could do that, too. Um, I think that's why, why we kind of got off on the wrong foot of... <laughs> <laughs> the wrong foot. The wrong foot, yeah. Uh, because I was thinking, how well do you know your- Right, do you know, your- do you know the toes of your, like, business partner? I should I yeah. should have realised when you said going to bed with them and that you were physically, you were only thinking romantic partner. But then again, this could this could be, like- uh, They could be a very like close- Castle port, and Kate know. Beckett sort of situation where they do go to bed with each other, but they also happen to be in, in a relationship together. Yes. Uh, yeah, it could be both. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, uh, from, definitely from the horror point of view, I was thinking, like, a romantic partner, like your your spouse, essentially, has been replaced, and you, 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 don't, you don't immediately realise, like, that's why it's scary. It's that something is off, but you can't quite put your finger on it initially- and eventually you like are investigating do you wake up in do you wake up in the middle of the night and you see the kitchen light on and you go out there and and you see them literally just like almost almost just got their their hand over over the um over the gas fire with a can of baked beans <laughs> and they're just holding on to it but then you wake up and you never you never came back from there so you don't know whether, you know whether it's, it's a, a dream, dream that you saw and it's like you just see some creepy things like that. Like they don't they don't feel pain. Well, or, or also like maybe maybe your spouse is already prone to sleepwalking and doing weird shit in their sleep, but it yeah. starts escalating further, and so you're not you know you don't realize right away that they're not actually them. It's just oh this problem with their sleepwalking is really getting you know 
really getting mm-hmm. bad. But, you know, as you talk to other people about it, as you talk to the doctor about it, you realize that things have been happening to other people in the town too. Maybe more and more people yep. are sleepwalking. Like maybe there's something about, or, or just, you know, because they're androids, they don't actually need sleep. And so they're just up and about more or something. Question. Do you end up fucking your partner when they're an android? Um, maybe that's how you, maybe that's how you figure it out, find out. You find out. Because they're much better lover, or um, no? Because the the there's just lubricant everywhere, but like oil, <laughs> oil yeah. lubricant, not not yeah. human lubricant. Yeah. It just sort of spews <laughs> out everywhere um, at the point of climax, and it really makes it obvious. Yeah, but they keep on asking for the light off. <laughs> yeah, and they. They say, Let, let's be a bit kinky. Let's do it with let's, the light off. Unlike let's do it with the light off. And I'm going to do all the washing before we turn the lights back on. Just because I love <laughs> you so much. That that seems normal. <laughs> I'm getting some. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so how creepy does this actually get? Do you... Do you uh, is it kind of like a, a Stepford Wives... Sort of situation that yeah yeah there, there's definitely a Stepford Stepford wives wives vibe to it although not not to that de- same degree of like personality changing so much I think but no. more that yes like people in this town are being replaced ooh is this o- over the entire town and it's sort of like everyone's got the got like. The single doctor. Mm. There's a single dentist. Mm. Mm. There's a you know the the single supermarket. The sing, the single yep. chemist. The um the singular sheriff and receptionist. Like it's a very small town, and you can sort of you can go around anywhere that you like within the town to sort of yeah. Well, and I like this idea then of you can have evidence leading you to particular ways. It's like oh, like we know that these three people have been replaced, and they were all like. They were all arrested together and put into, like, the drunk tank, you know, two weeks ago or whatever. So, it's like, oh, maybe Mm -hmm. it's the cops. Maybe there's something there. And you can be following that up. And then you realize through whatever means it is, and it's not actually sex, obviously, uh, that we determined that you can start testing people for this. It's like, oh, wait, the cop, like, the sheriff who I was suspecting has been replaced. Fuck. Okay. That's not right. Okay. Add that to the evidence. Yeah, so you find out that little Susie was replaced just after she saw the dentist. Yeah. But you actually find out that the dentist was one of the first people. Yeah, yeah. And that they actually, he's, nobody's actually, nobody remembers when he wasn't an android. <laughs> yeah, it turns out that. It's actually the dental hygienist, because we're twisting it this time. Everyone expects us at Bitstorm Caves to make the villain the dentist. But it's. Well, guess what? It's the dental hygienist. It's it's little Susie. Your partner. Your partner. Your partner is literally the dentist. Oh, we're humanizing the dentist, and we're, then we're turning humanizing. Him whatever, but we're, we're we're switching it up for for this horror horror game extravaganza. That's horrific. A dentist that's friendly. That's horror horrific. Yes. Uh, so that's where like you just. You, you're playing like a Bitstorm Games game, and it's like the densest, it's like the meta horror of this game. 
It's just unsettling. Yeah, it, it just kind of feels like well-rounded as an individual. and Not, not but, evil in the slightest. Doesn't enjoy pa- giving pain to people. And that's kind of off-putting. It's like, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry I caused you some pain then. And it's like, then you, you know, what, what, what do you do as your day job? Because obviously you've moved to this moved to this small little gated community, yeah. A la a la Truman Show or whatever. Is this one of like these, is this one of these classic like you're a writer or something or you're like a yeah an Alan Wake mm. sort of thing? Kind of feels feels like it could be good, and you know maybe you're a sci-fi writer whose la- whose latest story was about like um, androids that sort of get you know take over. Or the, some, yes, I, I think you could type take that over in. a town. I do like or the idea like of them that. being a sci-fi writer, particularly because the rest of the town kind of writes them off as oh like. You you write sci-fi like you're you, you know you're coming up with these crazy ideas all the time. No one's going to believe you that people are being replaced with androids. Uh, who is actually doing this then? Ooh, good question. Uh, is it the mayor? Well, maybe before we determine who it is, what would be the motive? What's their motive for it? Whoever's doing it, is this because they? Yeah, is this? In, in that sort of politician way, are they trying to make... Um, they're sick of people doing things that, you know, are against their best interests and they want a more yeah. malleable voting block. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so, they just will end up ruling over a town of, of androids. Um, okay. In a twist, kind of... Um, I'm taking this from, from the classic Bruce Willis film surrogates mm. where there are actually people controlling these androids. Mm. Um, I think underneath like city hall, you actually have pods where everyone have, have sort of been put into them. And the reason why the, why the personalities the same is because their brains are literally hooked. Right. Up. It's just like, that there's sometimes, you know, it's not perfect or they get out of Wi-Fi range. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, or you get that, that, that classic thing of, you know, you're sort of not able to to get all the instructions, so you you go on the on the default programming just because mm. there was some interference. Because you shouldn't have walked into that Faraday cage. Like, yeah, I mean, every good sci-fi writer I mean, writes in a Faraday cage to to avoid uh, interruptions and distractions. It's, it's to avoid all yeah. interruptions. You know, you you put. I'm just imagining you. You get into your house and you put your put your phone in a Faraday cage, which goes inside a bigger Faraday cage that you sit in. So I just <laughs> love the idea of that default programming. So like the re- the way you figure this out is you have people walk into the Faraday cage and they walk in and then they just do that video game thing of they just keep walking and then they hit the wall and they're just walking on place as they hit the wall. <laughs> like basically all instructions have stopped and all they've got is walk forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that I think there's some instructions that take over that yeah. that sort of you know emulate. But you can I, <laughs> that's I, where the query well <laughs> sort of stuff comes. No, I do in. like that idea though. Actually, of of maybe the one of the ways the way that you do eventually test this if you is you've got some sort of Wi-Fi jammer or you've got some sort of something where now if you ask them questions that this person should know, they're not going to know the answer. Like they they can't answer the way that person would. And so, part of your investigation and stuff is like, oh, finding out what is the question for this person that I can do. And they're like jamming signals and asking them 
the right questions. That could be a real cool, like, finding the evidence and using it sort of mechanic. Yeah. I do I do really like the idea that the mayor's whole family, like little Susie included, because I'm picturing little Susie is actually the mayor's daughter. The mayor's daughter. Um, she's sort of- She's actually 37, uh, but she's just- they still call her little Susie. Okay, so little Susie, the the beautiful wife and the yeah. mayor. Like, um, I'm picturing kind of like a Colonel Sanders sort of character, like, you know, southern southern gentleman who's, you know, ah, kind say, of wear, ah, say, wearing ah, one say. of those- Like a bit of foghorn <laughs> leghorn. <laughs> Yeah, it got that sort of southern drawl. <laughs> southern yeah. drawl. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can see that. So who who's the um, who's the mastermind behind the whole thing? Is it like uh, is any of the family actually converted, or was little Susie actually converted because she hadn't they had an accident? And so I guess I feel like we still haven't figured out the motive because if they're being controlled essentially from these pods. Is is it that then, like, they need the pods to control them to make them realistic, but then he's able, or whoever's doing it, he's able to, like, insert their own influence and program in okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's- Yeah, basically, uh, the, the minds are there to answer the questions and-, and to- So, sort of just a very, it's a very advanced, complicated form of brainwashing or of mind control, essentially, yeah. of, like- you know, I'm going to send out the program to all the pods of, you know, if someone asks you this, you will answer like this. But otherwise, all of your normal, you know, brain brain programming is, is in place. Hmm. Um, if, if they ask you into a Faraday cage, <laughs> you know, um, say, oh, no, I, I left the iron on and- <laughs> I like that idea. You know, I like figuring out some of the technological stuff where, like, updates have to be sent out over the Wi-Fi. And so, yes, like, one of you- At some point, you have to get, you know, your spouse into the Faraday cage before the, like, mind-wiping update that he's going to send out happens, you know, to save them or something. Um, and then, And then you have this big end scene where all of these androids have turned into- uh, have turned into zombie. Have turned into you know, yeah, zombie attacking zombies. Basically, like they're he's killed off all the people in the pods, but or something, yeah, something like that. I guess, I guess, the, I don't know what the reason necessarily would be. I guess it's it could be like, oh, he's he knows you're onto him. He's going to send out um, essentially a disconnect function. That's that's instead of them being connected up to the pods back in the. In the, you know, cave or whatever, they're just going to turn into attacking zombies that are under his control. But you still need information from your your spouse who is down there um, and has found a way to, like, feed information to you or something. Um, that could be really cool. And then, yeah, this big end scene of you- Really humanizing that dentist, yeah. Exactly, yeah. You want to- Now you want to save this dentist. You love this dentist. It's the scariest game we've ever made. Extremely scary. Three, two, one. Oh my god! What the fuck? Rival digest. Vanished reporter. <laughs> We're getting really good words for horror stuff. I feel like, and just <laughs> really, really are. matching ones. Um, 
Is this some sort of... I don't know if I want to go cannibalism. No, I'm thinking big creature. Like underground monster Mm. sort of thing. A reporter was investigating into this. Um, This time it's... It's your brother who was investigating. He's he's the yep. reporter. And the last thing that you got was like a, a message on your on your machine saying if you don't hear back from me, I went down to and then it's garbled yep. text. Um I'm investigating, you know, sightings of, of a huge monster. Make sure make sure that you, you go down to my office and and clean out the files before Alright, all right. I right. I like this idea. Rather than, mm-hmm. like, pretty much all the games we made, except for maybe our Vampire FPS one at the beginning, have just been very yeah. narrative investigation story narrative ones, yeah. I want to bring some more mechanics into this one. I like the idea of yep. some sort of underground monster. I think yep. it's in sort of somewhat of a a foreign place, like that they've gone over to the jungles of something or the deserts of something or whatever, right? Um, or some town that, you know, some, there's some small, you know, town in some country where everyone's disappeared and there's mysterious holes in the ground. <laughs> uh, um, but that the mechanics of this come around how you protect yourself from this thing and how, cause I still want it to be horror. Like, I don't want it to just be, oh, like you're shooting, yep. at, you know, creatures coming out of the ground as they're swarming you or whatever. I want this to more be about, where are they going to come up? How can I run from it? Like, how can I protect myself from it as it comes up? And so, a bit more, maybe you've got tools. Maybe you find ways to, like, use vibrations and sound to, like, lure it. And so, you know, you've got some level of control over, oh, it's going to come over okay. there, but that means I need to get somewhere, you know, off the ground. Is this a giant sandworm? Something like that. Yeah, or, or some sort of... I, I like the idea of it set in the desert, set in like a ghost mm. town. Well, what is now being seen as a ghost town kind of feels like an old cowboy yeah. sort of. It's a very tremors like. I don't. Yeah, very tremors like. I'm picturing you know, sort of, either outback Australia because yeah, that, that, that could, could be, be kind of cool. Um, and it's just this. You you get into the town, you find where your brother was where your brother was staying. It's this small little you know corner hotel yeah and you you find you know some some information and written on the walls is don't step on the sand or or yeah. something or something along those lines or or um <laughs> if this building's if if this building's a shaken um <laughs> your bones will be broken i don't know uh, yeah, i'm yeah, just i'm yeah. thinking of you know some some sort of rhyme of you know if, if like he's taking the time if this building's if if this building's a rock and then you know <laughs> <laughs> Don't bother knocking, <laughs> but or something along those lines. You know, so, something that is yeah, very yes. very much a double entendre. Yes, okay. <laughs> um, I'm not smart enough to think of it right now. <laughs> so yeah, okay. So the I'm trying to think of because you must have walked on the sand to get here is the thing. So like we need to come up with a way that it's like at certain like it's going to come back at a certain time or it's moved on. And well, uh, it, it's basically. It wanted a new food source. It was happy to, to let you in. 
And now it's just playing with its food. Okay, so there's a bit of intelligence. It's not going to let you it. leave. Oh yeah. Okay. And and it's all about you know your brother knew this like he, he knew that. I do like the idea of you being essentially trapped in this hotel. And of course, that we're talking like a essentially like a pub hotel. I guess it's not a not yeah, a huge building, yeah. but you know enough enough room to have a good area to explore and. And yeah, like you can go out onto balconies and you might like see disturbances out there on the sand. Um, maybe you see, you know, you've been there a couple of days and you see a fucking car like drive into town and all you can do is just watch as this car drives through. Drive through town. And- they are allowed yeah. in, but as they go to drive out, yeah. <laughs> just chews up the entire thing. So you, thing. you essentially start getting a view of this thing. You start figuring out what it is. Based on just what you're observing. Do you think that in the basement, which doesn't have a sealed floor, because mm. I like the idea of there's no, like, the foundations of this thing, you know, someone's dug out a basement somewhat. Ooh, I like. And some- you have a baby one that sort of come, that oh, comes out no, and which can't quite what get I was What I was thinking with that is that you're, the way you finally kind of end this- is that you do find a way to sort of lure it and to, like, distract it from yourself. And you you essentially f- have it come up through the basement and the, the, like, final scene is you're driving away and you see in the rear vision mirror this giant fucking worm just demolish the hotel. Just, like, come up and straight through it, just just debris everywhere. This thing, that, this building you've just spent the whole game in and this fucking giant thing. The first time you've seen it yep. this big, like, you know, I don't know, you've seen it, obviously. You've only seen the head of it come out. You haven't seen the rest of the body come out. And who knows how yeah. long this thing actually is. Yeah. You've got an idea of the size, but, like, it never knew it was this big. And it's just this huge thing. And that's, and then you just, like, drive off. You get onto the... You know, you get onto the paved road of the highway. It's like, okay, I'm safe. <laughs> yeah, I I really like that. There's just, um, I'm I am getting a a bit of dead static drive feel about it. Oh, interesting. I was actually picturing first person, um, just because. Oh, I'm just thinking. You know, the desert town. Yeah, and that yeah, sort of stuff. I could see that. That's, for sure. that's where I'm getting the feel. I from. think the first person for me comes from. You want to. This hotel has to start feeling Feel claustrophobic because you can't leave it. Uh, I like the idea of, you know, initially the player's probably going to try to go on the sand and see what happens. And, like, as soon as you're on the sand for a few seconds, you start feeling rumbling. You're seeing, like, the, the dust and the stones start moving. And if you don't get back on into that building, like, you're dead. But building that tension of it. And being like, oh, shit, you know, because maybe they'll want to test it. It's like, oh, maybe maybe it's not going to get me fast enough. You know, I can run over to that other building or run over to the car or whatever. But, you know, of course, no. Yeah, I really like the idea that there's not that much asphalt or anything like that. Like Nothing paved. It's all like dirt roads, like that go right up to the edge of the edge of, you know, the hotel and that sort of stuff. So in order to get out there. I think at one stage you can sort of pick up, um, oh, magazines from from the hotel Mm -hmm. lobby and you can throw them down on the ground 
and make like stepping stones to. Do you think that's enough? Is it literally just your feet touching the ground that is that is bringing you I, here? I think it, I think it's I think it's the fact that like there's certain vibrations or something that when you're actually touching the ground, it has like a some sort of connection mm. into it. It's it's where there's you know some sort of something in between, or maybe maybe it has. I feel to like be it needs like- to be more about like. How fast you're moving. Roof tiles. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, I feel like, or maybe it's that it can, like, smell you through the ground or something. Like, it knows you're there, even if you're not moving. But, yeah, uh, I don't know. You you don't want to give, I don't think you want to give the player too much hope or ability that they can, uh, that they can get out of here. Maybe you can have them, like, if they can pick stuff up and move them, they can, like, throw a bed out and see if they can get onto the bed and if they die or not. But, um... Well, the reason why I thought magazines is because you can have limited number of those and it's like, yep, you made it to... <laughs> right. You made it to this building. Now you've got a way to, that you can go between these two buildings that's safe. Yeah, maybe. I feel like you've... I feel like you don't need other buildings. Though. I feel like there's enough in this hotel... That you can explore and, like, you can have locked doors that as you, you know, find your way around, you eventually end up unlocking to, you know, in, in almost almost in a gone home kind of way where you're, you know, figuring this stuff out and going through. But with this tension of, you know, these events that are happening and, and the glimpses you see of this creature uh, as you're mm. playing. Yeah. All right. That does bring yeah. us to the end. That was good. I hope uh, of part one of our of our horror horror series for Halloween, because we've decided that we are going to do a second one of these. Yeah, we'll do this again next week. Uh, it will come out the day after Halloween, so you probably have got all your scares out. But you know, just to keep it moving. Uh, if you want to find us online and have a look at some of our less scary episodes, go to potchaser.com slash bitstorm. And you can find all of our episodes there. Shoot us a review or a rating. Let us know what you thought. Mm-hmm. If you like the song that you hear at the beginning and end, you can find it by searching for Kuridos Bandcamp on Google and you'll find our album Containment Failure. And this it was the song Matt Defines. So, the last song on the album. That's right. So, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And, uh, Trevor, can you just come into this Faraday cage? Thanks. Does not compute.